Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode 7 What is love? Why do we love? And why do we love who we love? What is the nature of the profound passionate attachment between Romeo and Juliet, Liz and Dick, Cyrano and Roxanne, Antony and Cleopatra, and Clark and Lois? Why do we feel such love, such deep personal attachments and passionate affections for some people? Why does Clark love Lois? Bottom line, love springs from self-hatred and is impossible without it. Clark can't hate himself and loves Lois Lane because he will never become Superman. Confused? Let me explain with a story about you and me. In the beginning, there is only self-love. It is the fountain or head from which all other deeply held feelings of caring, compassion, and commitment flow. Self-love is the fountainhead, and love of others springs from self-love. From the moment of birth, you are a social being. Your biography is social. Your self is a social self. You are a social fact in the social world. Who are you? You are not who you think you are. You are not who other people think you are. You are who you think other people think you are. Just imagine as a child, how you must have been filled with wonder to look at yourself in the mirror for the first time and think to yourself, that is me. From the moment of birth, you begin to interact with other people. You begin to discover that other people are different from each other. You begin to examine and determine these differences 
you begin to compare and contrast other people. You begin to understand that you also are different in many ways from other people, just as they are different from one another. You begin to measure other people's traits and properties and use them to measure and evaluate yourself. You begin to judge the kind of person you are compared to other kinds of people. The others may be flesh and blood persons. The others may also be fictional, real or imaginary. These significant others have the same consequences for your behavior. We covet what we see. As an unintended consequence of being in the social world, you discover many gifts, many talents, many powers and abilities in other people that you desire to possess in yourself. Superman is fearless, but you have many fears. 007 is confident and self-assured with the opposite sex, but you are awkward and clumsy. LeBron James is more athletic. Marilyn Monroe is more beautiful. The girl who sits in the front row is more intelligent. The boy who sits in the back row is cool. And cool kids don't cry. You discover that some people are better than you are. Some people have more status. Some people are more mature, more honest, more fun, more popular, kinder, fairer, and wiser. You are passive, but some people are pushy and aggressive and get what they want. You conform unthinkingly, but some people are shamelessly rebellious and have more fun. Joan and I have been friends for over 30 years. She possesses an extraordinary gift, which is not to be found in most people. Joan's gift is what I must call the cunning or insightful comeback. Have you ever thought to yourself, I wish I had said that? Someone like Joan probably did. Once I was waiting in her office. It's filled to completion from floor to ceiling with lawyerly books. Then I observed one empty space in the middle of a neat row of books. One of your books is missing, I said. I loaned it to a good friend. She's a thief and never returned it. I said, you wouldn't lose a friend over a book, would you? No, she replied, but she has. I wish I could have said that. In every mind, there are two pictures. One is an image of the person you are. The other is the person you want to be. The ideal you is the statue you build up from the traits and attributes, from the talents and abilities you see in other people 
that you desire to possess in yourself. It is the thing that pushes you to succeed, to achieve, to work faster and to do better. It is the force that drives you to accomplish more and more and to strive on untiringly. It is the incarnation of what you can be and ought to be. It is your supreme being. In every mind are two pictures. One is Clark Kent and the other is Superman. And as Superman becomes more and more perfect and complete, endowed with greater and greater powers and abilities, Clark Kent begins to feel more and more imperfect and incomplete. As you build a more and more perfect and complete image of yourself, as you desire to be, the person you are grows more and more imperfect and incomplete. As a result, you begin to experience feelings of inferiority and inadequacy. Self-dissatisfaction grows into self-disgust, and self-disgust grows into self-loathing and self-hatred. If nothing happens to end this crisis, self-hatred, by nature, leads to self-murder. The poet Edwin Arlington Robinson wrote about a man who appeared to have the perfect life. Richard Corey was a gentleman from soul to crown, handsome, sexy, and slim. He walked with the quiet grace of a king, but never lost the common touch. He was famous and rich, as rich as a king. He was everything to make female pulses flutter and to make men dream of walking one mile in his shoes. So on we worked and waited for the light and went without the meat and cursed the bread. And Richard Corey, one calm summer night, went home and put a bullet through his head. Wealth, prestige, status, fame, power. Richard Corey had enough of what he didn't really want. In every mind there are two pictures. Falling in love feels like a crisis, but love really is the way out of a crisis. If there was no way out, then people would come to the same conclusion as Richard Corey, Robin Williams, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain. They do every day by the dozens. Love is the way out. Some enchanted evening you may see a stranger across a crowded room, a stranger who seems to possess the traits and attributes you desire but lack, a stranger who seems to be a reflection of the person you want to be. What happens between you has been described as chemistry, 
shot by Cupid's arrow, hit by a bolt of lightning. Love at first sight. You feel you know him. You feel you belong with him. You feel you must have him. Haven't we met before? Yes, you have met before. In every mind, there are two pictures. To love is to possess. The person who achieves in herself or himself everything she aspires to be is incapable of love. For love is just the second best way to possess those traits and attributes to which you aspire but cannot achieve in yourself. The person who achieves all she can be will be alone, but not lonely. The person who is what she ought to be will have no desire to love. She will not feel friendship, loyalty, lust, caring, compassion, or commitment because these attachments, these bonds, are just the second best way to possess in the beloved those traits and attributes she desires but fails to achieve in herself. To love is to possess. To possess is to love. Most of the time, this drama takes place beneath the level of conscious awareness. But sometimes, bad things happen which cause these subconscious feelings of inadequacy and self-loathing to burst into the conscious mind. You're fired, you're rejected, you're a failure. And suddenly Clark Kent awakens to his faults and imperfections compared to his beloved Superman. Love hangs from the cross. You worship love as your savior because love rescues you from the crisis of self-hatred. Love is the way to achieve the person you desire to be. You are completed, perfected. To love means to achieve the dream you have about yourself. To achieve, not the best way, not to become the person you want to be, but to achieve in the second best way to possess your better half in the flesh. My better half. I came alive when I met you. You complete me. In every mind there are two pictures and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Mark chapter 10, verse 8. Eyes wide open, look at him, look at her, look with wonder. What do you see in him or her that you desire to be? What is love? Love means reuniting the you that you are with the you that you ought to be. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. 
Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.